Oh, going back to what we're talking about context. So (laughs) me giving feedback to another guy on the freeway, is that going to change anything? No, no, (laughs) but I have, maybe it makes you feel better. Yeah, maybe. But, but really a lot. So that's what, what, you, what is that feedback though? Just to be clear, normally it's a honked horn and maybe the <laughs> L sign. Cause that's what we're doing. Instead of flipping people, the birdie is like, you're a loser. Giving the L is one of my favorite things. <laughs> it really is like, you're just bad. You just... Have you ever felt awkward when trying to start a conversation? Do you ever find yourself feeling overwhelmed or perhaps you wish you could keep track of your money better? Do adulting skills give you grief? What if you had one place to go to learn about all these skills and more? Welcome to Adult Encrypted. We prepare young adults to be independent powerhouses for life. An independent powerhouse is someone who possesses the ability to be socially, emotionally, practically, and financially independent. Let's take a quick second for us to introduce ourselves. I'm Ashton. When I first moved out, I wanted nothing more than independence. There were a lot of things that I didn't know, and I needed help from my parents in basically all facets of my life. I went on a two-year service mission, and when I came home, I was determined to do better than I did before. I'm now living on my own, paying for my own place, and learning a ton of lessons that I am happy to learn, even though they may be difficult. I'm excited to share what I'm learning. I'm also excited to learn with you. I'm Gideon, and while seeing the world and people around me, I've always wanted to stand out and be more prepared than my peers, lacking the skill to know where to look and to find guidance other than my older and wiser family. Now with this podcast, I can learn how to progress and share this knowledge with others. I'm Roscoe, the dad. Michelle and I thought we had taught the children everything they needed to know to become adults. Then one day at dinner, we were having a conversation about an Ivy League school had just started Adulting 101, and they were teaching such basic skills, and I was laughing. That's when Ashton jumped in, Gene and Gideon, and all told us about the gaps in our training. That is why we decided to launch Adulting Decrypted. Normally, there are four hosts for the show. Gene, the fourth host, is currently on a two-year service mission. I'm Gene, and I'm actually recording this on my phone because I'm out in Louisiana and Mississippi. I won't be able to join the discussion today. I will be back, I promise. While we won't be able to hear his live comments, we're looking forward to sharing his thoughts and his stories regularly on the show. And now, on with the episode. Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. That was a big deal for the Allen clan. We all got to go down and see Ashton at the top of his game. That was a lot of fun. Yep. Too bad we couldn't have seen the Utes there, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the team. We saw a bunch of Utes, yeah, just, not, just, just not the 12 that mattered on the field. Oh, my goodness. That's not at any one given time. That hurt. <laughs> it's kind of sad. <laughs> hey, but you know what? The band was on point. I was going to say one thing that was super fun as a dad was getting a, was able to go down and watch you at the college there. I can't think of the name. Claremont College? No. Greendale Community College. Bull crap. That's the one from Community, isn't it? Have you ever watched the show Community? Oh, I said Greendale. <laughs> Glendale. Glendale. But the yes, one, Greendale is Community. The funny that's one funny. is that the only that was the thing that kept coming to my head. I'm like, is it Glendale? Yeah, and that's yeah. why I knew it was Greendale because I had to go home and look it up because I'm going, yeah. is this really who they're making fun of the whole time? Yeah, I don't think I don't think those two are correlated. They might be correlated. <laughs> I think that the concept of having a community college is correlated. Yeah, we we walked through a garage, so to get to the field, there's like just like some staff parking, and then there's this like little tiny shed garage that we walk through, and then you're on the field. And within that garage, I think is that community college's entire football training program. 
Oh, that's awesome. Like there's a bicycle and a treadmill and a couple of hitting bags, and that's about it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> so maybe it is community. It uh, helped the listener understand is in the it was the day before the game. They kind of bring all the teams together, and there was a DJ that talked and tried to get people to dance, and Gideon sat there because he was too cool. Sure. That's he what is su- I mean, he is super cool. Look at why, why wouldn't you get up and dance with all the ladies that were out there? Because I was sick. Oh, I thought he was going to say because they're old. And but. there was old ladies and young ladies. There wasn't any Gideon age ladies. Gideon age ladies. I don't think the little girl that won <laughs> the T-shirt was like six, and the and then a couple won. Anyways, yeah. so they did this. It's called the bull bash, and and we called the Utes up, and you guys got to play, and that was super fun. And mom and I are like, well, is that all they're doing? And you had shared with us that we can go over to Greendale. No, really, Glendale Community Glendale. College, yep. which had a gorgeous backdrop, by the way. It's mm. it's a beautiful. What did you think of the the scenery there, Gid? The community college. The community college. I just thought it would be fun to skate on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of because it's situated on the side of a mountain, right? So Gideon saw a lot of skate riding parts. That long rail looked like it was the perfect height. But it's gorgeous. It had just rained, and so it's all green and pretty, and so the the environment's gorgeous. Yeah. And then it was fun. I'd never been able to go to one of your rehearsals because of the way they time or the way it falls, but we ran over there, Mom and I and, and Gideon got over there, and I don't know, there was probably 100 other people in the stands, and it was just fun to watch you and your element. It was fun to hear the director of the band yell out, okay, everybody on Ashton, okay, here's our new... What is it called? Rollout? Oh, roll-off, yeah. Roll-off. Yeah. And he goes, Ashton's got our new roll-off. Everybody listen. Okay, let's do it again. Ashton, go. It was fun for me as a dad to see you hit your highest level in marching band on the granddaddy of them all football fields. Mm. And knowing that this, all the prep and all the hard work, and it was just fun. It was a fun, it was, that part was fun. I'll talk more about the Rose Bowl when we get there, but that was neat for me. I don't know how you felt on that day or if we will, we'll be honest before you answer that. We left during your practicing on how to march. Oh yeah. (laughs) I would have too, if I could. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They had us just walking around the field because so there's this tradition around the Rose Parade at the very beginning walk for maybe about a quarter of a mile. And then they have what they call TV corner. So they've got a bunch of crane cameras and the announcers are sitting up in this top booth and the road takes a 90 degree turn. And in marching band, one of the most important things is keeping yourself in line and all these things. And so it's always been important for marching bands to be able to march that turn correctly and look pretty because it's the only thing of that parade that's televised. Oh, interesting. And so that's why we kept doing that so much. It's funny because when you march that on the road, on the street for the actual parade, you take the corner and then you just continue down the street. And they've even got, I don't know if most people see them, but they've got lines painted on those for the floats to follow. But it also helps the bands cheat. So like if you were ever to go down to Pasadena and look at the street that the parade route's on, you'd see that line like it's there always. On a football field, when you make that corner, you can't just continue straight. You have to take a full loop. (laughs) And so... It it doesn't really translate, but you know we put our heart and soul into it, so it, it turned out great, guys. <laughs> yeah, so that was the practice in circles, but the rest yeah. of it was your 
pregame and your on your on the field game, and I'd imagine the fields are the same size and oh, yeah, have the same markings out. and whatnot. So that's cool. Yeah. Parade feedback, uh, and that's kind of what we're going to focus on today. But as far as when the parade route, when you guys came past us on the parade route, we're near the end, yeah. right? We had a chance to sit with Uncle Dave and Jan and their family and get in. Sprayed silly string on all these poor little kids because he's taller than them. Facts. <laughs> facts. Just, just cold hard facts. Witness hard this facts. silly string. <laughs> I did ruin the new nice Rose Bowl t-shirt you got me, so thank you for the oh, t-shirt yeah, no and worries. my kids sprayed crap <laughs> on it. But in my my defense, I think I won a, a little bit on that too. So yeah, that's all that matters. But when you guys came by us because we're near the end and there's already been a big gap, you guys were marching cleanly you're having fun it was fun to see you know it looked like a real organized and i'll be honest uh, penn state were struggling with their march through that area people were on all different zigzags do you remember them when they came through yeah i remember saying like well from that we better win <laughs> <laughs> yeah if if, oh. if indication of how we did on there and as well as the opening of the rose bowl you know, yeah. if that was an indication of who would have won the game, well, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, they, came, they had, if it came down to the bands, we just they had some clean marching on the field. Yeah, in all did. fairness, and they had a big band, but just yeah, that sound quality wasn't as good. They weren't producing, you know. Yeah. And some of your guys' stuff, you could tell you're just having fun. Yeah. In all defense, though, I did think the guy that could do a backflip with that big yeah. hat on was pretty cool. They, they got the East Coast on us. You know, it's funny because um, what was I going to talk about? Oh yeah, like. One of the big, th- I don't know if you guys heard it at the rehearsal you came to, but our director, his big push, especially with big events like these, he says, we are the fun uncle band. So like, oh yeah, I definitely can see that. Yeah. Most of, most of the bands, you know, they have to take it serious. Like the whole point of the parade is you're presenting, like you said, those lines, all those sorts Oh, of they things. were all over the place. If that was what they're, t- <laughs> I thought they were going to be the fun band because when they showed up, they were all over the place and I don't even, did, did they... Now, you guys were still playing. I think they yeah. marched mostly to a cadence that their drum line was rolling off. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think most of them played. But, yeah, you guys would d- go down for a few seconds, then you'd come right back up into your next song. Uh, the drum line never stops playing. Uh, right. Because, like, how it's it's interesting because when players, their faces get tired, like, their lips get sore or whatever, like, when they have to That's play. a long time. Yeah. The Rose Parade, what, six miles, just to give people perspective? I think it's, like, 15, isn't it? <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> no. No, I think it's like five miles okay. tops. But like, gotcha. Well, that'd be a long time to bl- blow on an instrument. Yeah. So for us, I don't know how other bands do it, but for us, they like split the winds into three groups, and basically oh. one group would play one tune, the other group would play another, and the other group would play another. So like everyone could like oh, last the entire parade. That's how you staggered it. Where the Smart. drum line, we just like we did it in such a way where the drum line would play a cadence. Then we do our special roll off to tell the band, okay, we're gonna play a song now. Then they play a song. Then we do a cadence song and just do that back and forth. So yeah, the drum so line's was, always going. Yeah, it was fun. The, the The parade was awesome. What else was cool about the parade? I don't know. It was just fun. Rose Bowl parade, highly recommended. It. It's fun. It's a fun environment. Pretty chill. You know, fun fact to anyone thinking about ever marching in it. When you get to the end, you get free in and out. So, oh, I thought it was Chick Fil A. No. It's in and out both times. In and out, yeah. What what you do is you you get to the end, and they've got this glorious, heaven-looking place with fifteen plus in and out food trucks, just rapidly making burgers. And you get there, and they're like, "Do you want one or two sandwiches?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> I will take everything. Like I'd take four if you'd give them." To I'll me. go to the next food truck yeah. over there and get two more. <laughs> exactly. 
So yeah, yeah, that's something to look forward to. So if your band says like, "Oh, we're marching the Rose Bowl parade," did no, you get fries too? Good. No, we did oh. last year. This year they gave us some chips, but I didn't eat those. I, I found that I don't like fast food chips, like especially like Chick Fil A chips. They're super greasy. Oh, gotcha. Salty. Not worth it. Well, very cool. And then the ro- the the Rose Bowl was kind of interesting. We got dropped off. It was a long walk in. I almost beat Get In in the pull up competition. Oh, you guys did that? Almost. Yeah. I, well, we both got free shirts. Hello. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're currently listening to an episode of Adult Intercrypted. And let me just say thank you. My name's Ashton, one of the hosts of Adult Intercrypted, and I wanted to steal a quick second of your time to do a shameless little plug. If you've listened to our podcast for any sort of time, you know that we talk about a bunch of different stuff all about adulting. Because our goal is to help individuals in this task we call adulting. Now, we have just revamped the way that we do this. If you go to adultingdecrypted.com, you can see all of our episodes sorted out by category. We've sorted it into financial, practical, emotional, social, and things just for fun. So, if any of those categories are of particular interest to you right now, you can go onto the website, look through there, and see all of our episodes that correlate with that specific thing. This website's completely free to use. It's just another tool for our listeners to find things that are more important to them now. So, for example, if I was looking at it, I'd scroll through and say, hey, you know what? I want to see what the Adult Encrypted crew has talked about socially. Well, one of our first episodes, season one, episode three, how do I talk to people? That's where we talked about all how to talk to people. So if that's something you want right now, you can go find that right now. Also in this one, season three, episode 15, The Power of a Humble Mediator, where we talked to one of my old bosses about his business as a mayor, also as a small theater owner. Some really cool stuff. So, if you're looking for a better way to organize through all your self-help podcasts, try adultingdecrypted.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. But what was mine for? I was the Roe King. No, you still lost. I lost. I lost at the end. I was whooping on him. I was ahead, and, and then, then I my, caught up, and then and then my fat butt broke the machine. Broke. <laughs> this, the machine broke, and then all of a sudden I fell off the side, and I'm strapped in. Oh, no. These army people had to come help me get out. They're like, Bad "You're right. overboard." Bad that's overboard. What, that's right. That's what he was yelling. Huh? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I think they gave me a free T-shirt because I entertained them. That's. I don't funny. think I earned it, but they gave me one. <laughs> so how many pull-ups did you do, Gideon? I did twelve. That's a lot. So it's it's not Good like, you. you know, the times that they have it in the school. Yeah. yeah. Where you can get free stuff. I've done 16, like pretty oh, constant. Cool. Nice. But so they have your number on record and they're going to be texting you a lot in the future. No. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I told them to. not put the right number down. <laughs> uh, I'll tell anybody that wants to harass Gideon about joining the reserves, Gideon Allen. You can find him on our Facebook. <laughs> on, so, no, not on Facebook. On Instagram. What's your handle? Yeah, you can DM me on Instagram. Gideon dot underscore dot Allen. Dot <laughs> underscore. I think he's giving false address. So yeah, just find us true. on a, just find us on adulting decrypt, and I'll pass on the message. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I honestly think, yeah, I th- <laughs> hey, you know, we should get one on, and maybe we can convince cool. Gideon to join. Because I'll be honest, I I think it's great, man. Go go shoot somebody else's gun. 
you know, go keep in physical fitness shape. I wish I'd have done it, but you know, 50, they don't let you do that anymore. Actually, I checked at like 42 and they were already done with people like me. Uh, okay. So anyways, time. so yeah. So I'll be honest, I, Rose Bowl's pretty. It's cool. The outside walking on a golf course. That was kind of funny. Yeah, it's always trippy. <laughs> They have people parking all over it, too. Yeah, we got dropped off, luckily. Drop-off was awesome. When we left the Rose Bowl, I turned right and should have turned left. Mm. And it ended up taking us four freaking ever to get up to the... They're like, you. good thing you waited so long. The traffic was easy. And Now, there, that being said, there were still tons of people stuck in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. Problem with going to the Rose Bowl itself inside. I, I've decided I just don't like big venues. Mm. Right, so Gideon and I were able to go watch him in the Las Vegas Bowl, and we had a great time. When we went and saw you there, it was fun. I felt like even though it was a lot of people, we were not having to touch each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Pasadena, that I don't know how you guys in in there when they get you guys in and out out the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably had to have security pushing people away so you guys could get into the Rose Bowl itself, didn't you? Into- no, you know, actually, yeah, they did. So getting into the Rose Bowl, they like. They do, like, part the Red Sea just a little bit. They send some security guys just down the aisle, and they hold they hold people. But on the way out, we're bumping shoulders with everybody. Because at that point, everyone's like, just go home. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so you're fine to get to the bus just like every uh, other yeah, Yahoo. That's, that's the worst part. I remember last year that being super frustrating. This year, I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to be as frustrated as I was last year. But, like, walking through people, I was like, guys... You don't realize I can't move this instrument. It's attached to my body. You have to get out of my way. Like I can't I can't move for you. <laughs> and I think it would have been different had Utah won. Then then you that's a little less painful, but but losing sure. and then sure. yeah. having to get hit and bumped and yeah. and you're like, I've been up from the Rose Parade until Oh yeah. You know, it was what, nine nine o'clock at night ish when it finally got over. So you you know better than I at, yeah. at that point time doesn't exist. I'm like, yeah. just get me on the bus, get me it's home. Just a long day. So, <laughs> I just go home. so so really though from a from a awesome standpoint, I mean summing it up, was it a good experience, bad experience? Oh yeah, it was great. I mean a lot of a lot of things that people don't think about the Rose Bowl is like the band was there a week early because we had a bunch of different events to do leading up to the Rose Bowl. And so like there's a bunch of little things we got rehearsals we got pep rallies but like a highlight we went to it was a, like a little ma and pa shop el portal it's a little mexican food joint go check it out their food's amazing if you're in that area but they're utah fans their daughter i think is their daughter or their niece or something plays for utah volleyball so they both years we've gone they took the utah marching band fed us and all we had to do was play for them so <laughs> That was a great time, and then we went to Disneyland. That was a great time. We had the biggest group I've ever been a part of. There was 21 of us just running around the park. Got to 12 rides in 12 hours, you know, so pretty proud of ourselves for that one. On New Year's Eve, which yeah, is crazy. That's awesome. And then we lost the game. But other than that, on a scale from one to awesome, it was definitely awesome. That's good. I'm good glad. And, and, and like I said, as a dad, it was just, it, for me, the awesome part what did I want to see you twin? Yeah, do I think they could have? Yeah. Right. But the best part was to watch you in that element and see your success from being in eighth grade, the whole decision to play football or play marching band, and then all the way through to, to where you're done. I mean, being on the field for the last time. Yeah. The nice thing is you're so tired, you're like, Yeah, I'm 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 ready. Let's just <laughs> let's yeah. let's pull the plug on this. This is this has been a great thing yeah but now i'm ready to be on a different side of it which is awesome so 
Well, cool. Yeah. Have you ever thought that you want to talk to somebody and give them some feedback, but you're not sure how? Yes. Have you ever had a situation that presented itself where you knew you needed to to help somebody get better at a skill, but you weren't quite sure the process to do it? Also, yes. I think so, yeah. So today what I'd like to cover is what a good friend of mine, Susan, coined the sandwich of feedback. And and there's plenty of books been written about this. There's experts on it. As a matter of fact, a lot of my career has been spent in this arena. And it's funny because I'm really a supply chain consultant by heart. But people say, oh, Roscoe, you're in here to help us run meetings better. And I just smile and go, sure, that's it. Hey, Roscoe, you're in here to help us communicate. Sure, that's it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. people realize that they're failing at communication, but not sure how to improve it. So feedback is... The, the first question you have to ask yourself when you're giving feedback is, do I need to give the feedback? Yeah. Because the guy that I'm driving down the freeway talking about the Rose Bowl, we made it home from L.A. in eight and a half hours. <laughs> no. Eight hours and 15, 18 minutes. Eight hours and 18 minutes. That included gas. That's ridiculous. And two, two <laughs> gas ups and two potty breaks. And visit with Grandma and Grandpa Ballard. I have no idea. <laughs> For context, the band took 15 hours to do the same trip. Yeah. Sucked. <laughs> I was, and, and Google suggested it takes nine hours and 45 minutes. So I might have been a little bit on the lead foot. You took, um, you took an hour and a half off that trip. It was, That's insane. <laughs> while stopping at Grandma and Grandpa's house. That's so much time. <laughs> and, and there was two passes in Utah that I couldn't go over 40 miles an hour because of how bad the snow was. Oh, uh, goodness. Average speed was just over 87 miles an hour. Huh. Anyways. Not that I'm bragging that I broke the law. <laughs> this is pretty stupid if you think about it. Yeah, coming out of LA, there was a couple times mom looked at me and I said, hey, if you want to drive. drive. <laughs> yeah, that goes off on the whole left lane driving thing. But yeah. but so so the first one is, do do I need to give him feedback? And and the, the reality there is no, because there's not going to be any benefit. You know, if, if Gideon was driving and I was to give him feedback, I would still have to ask myself when I want to give that feedback, is it relevant? For example, he comes to a yellow light and he goes, or he stops and I see it differently. Giving him that feedback, does that help? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Now, there's other times that I think giving somebody feedback, for example, hey, maybe ease into that break, right, instead of hitting it so hard so that we don't all lurch. That's probably yeah. valid feedback. But, but so let's say I want to give that feedback. I've got to think of how's the best way to deliver it. Ah, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> it's probably not the best way to give that feedback. Bring back some memories there for you, Gideon. <laughs> Should bring back some for you, too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have one favorite one. swear word <laughs> that I say sometimes when these guys are driving. <laughs> what, what did you hit? Oh, the, I hit sorry. the, yeah. There was one time I was driving your truck, and I drive a clutch. Like, my, my car is a manual. Now, this was about six months ago. In yeah, all fair. No, it so, it wasn't ago. like he was a rookie driver. But to be fair, I drive my car about every day of the week and your car about never days of the week. and so Never days of the month. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, when I did, I went to a stop. And with, with, the, with a manual car, you have to depress the clutch all the way to the floorboard so you can, you know, pop it out of gear, get ready to go to your, the, the next gear. So I did that in his truck, but instead of depressing a clutch, I put both of my feet on the brake and slammed it to the floorboard at, you know, a reasonable 15 miles an hour, and that really hurt. 
it sucked. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? It's like, to be honest, what? I don't know either. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> like, I think is my, I, I insert my favorite <laughs> swear word there, maybe. I, I wasn't trying to give us all whiplash. I can promise you that. Like, I know you're upset at me, but let's be real. I'm just as surprised as you are, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that's probably not the best way to give feedback either. Because you already had that feedback. Well, you knew it was the bad thing to do, right? Not only did I already know... So the feedback might not have been the best. It was an unnecessary feedback because I already know how to drive. (laughs) I just made a mistake. (laughs) Right. Well, and I love that. And and it's easy in these couple examples to, to see that. The hard part is when you're in a business environment or you're in a social environment, you're in a school environment where... You're going, how do I give you feedback? When it's requested, it it's, feels like it's easier, but it can also be more delicate. So if I were to give a speech feedback, there's there's three ways you make the sandwich. There's the good stuff. There's the stuff that was debatable. I mean, hey, it could have gone a little bit. You could have gone a little bit left. You could have gone a little bit right. But that's kind of the stuff that I hey, this isn't bad or good. This is just to think about. Gee whiz is what I call it. And then there's the the kind of you hide in the pickle if you don't like pickles or an onion if you don't like onion. And then you want to put some more sweetness on it, you know, to finish it off the other side of the sandwich. And, and, and you kind of hide, you don't hide it. You're very clear on what it is, but it's in the middle. And a lot of times when we give feedback, we go directly to, this is what I hated. And then we leave it. Or we had, we've heard, hey, say three things nice, then one thing negative. I don't know. Have you guys heard these when you're when they're talking about feedback loops? Yes. Yeah. Well, why do you think we say that? I think it's because we don't understand where feedback should be coming from in an emotional standpoint. That's that's yeah. Expand on that for me. When you're giving feedback to someone, there's like there's the type of feedback where, oh my gosh, you just ruined the brakes on my car, where it's very, I want to say personally motivated. You're giving that feedback because you are inconvenienced. Giving creative feedback is a little bit more challenging because it's hard to, like you were talking about giving feedback on a speech, like there are things that you objectively like less than other people. Sure. And, but sometimes I feel like we have to come up with these rules for feedback because instead of thinking, okay, what is the point of feedback, which for me is helping the person as much as possible versus you getting your point across. Because those are, those are two different things. Wow, that was, that was powerful, Ashton. Very well summed up. Motivation. Is, yeah. is it for me to persuade you to do it my way? Right. Or is it to help you to become better? Right. I think as a listener of feedback, sometimes we get, catch ourselves on that. We have to say... Okay, is this from a good place? Are they really trying to help me? Or is this person just a punk? Right. Well, and it's hard because, again, creative feedback and other feedback are different. When you're asking for creative feedback, I've tried really hard to teach myself that, like, at this point, I'm asking for feedback. You tell me anything you want, and I'm going to hear it as, this is what this person believes. And I'm not going to think I'm less because they didn't like this. It's more, look, this this is my audience in a way. Yeah, like it's as, opinion based. Yeah. As a musician, I'm trying to create music, one, so that I can express something. But I'm also trying to reach people. And if they don't like it, that's something I should listen to because, in a way, I'm not reaching that individual. To your target audience. Right. So I can respect that feedback. So, so let's talk about creative because 
I like that we're going down almost creative versus fact-based feedback, right? Even on a speech, though, there are some fact-based things, such as ahs, ums, double-clutching, using... Like, for me, my biggest problem is a lot of times I'll start a story, and it goes, that's where, where'd the baby go? Mm-hmm. I think I probably shared in the podcast, too, where all of a sudden I'm like, okay, we're, we're out fishing, and Michelle's holding Gideon, and then he starts going towards the lake, and oh, wow, did you guys see this eagle over here? And I, and I start talking about this eagle and, and how prolific this experience was. And it was like, yeah, but what happened to the other part of the story, right? Yeah. So even though that's very valuable feedback and it and it's not just oh i would like to see like dude you got to tell people what happened you're going to lose yeah. your audience yeah i don't know like i don't know how to equate that to music whether sound quality or you know i i, I wouldn't know well a good example that comes to mind like kind of thinking about you know all these rules the sandwich the pickle the three nice things one negative thing like if you're coming from the right place no matter what you say you should be able to find a way to say it in such a way that it's helpful to that individual. So like when I teach the high school kids, one determining if feedback's worth it, I have to ask myself, okay, look, they're just barely learning the like task a, do That's I right. really need to start talking about task B? No. Or W, right? <laughs> or d- Cause that yeah. happens. So it's like, yeah, I've done, I've done that too. It's been like, okay, look, you're just learning how to hold the mallets, but now let's talk about, you know, something, you know, advanced concept. So the way you're counting as you're drumming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop moving your mouth. We can all see it, please. <laughs> but so there's that. But then like when I'm trying to help those students, like I'm never coming from a place of, oh my gosh, you're terrible. Let me make you better. You know, like That's for me point. to make me look good, you know, but it's always been like, okay, look, we want this to sound better. I want you to have a good experience and I want to help you become better as a musician. So because that's my mindset, I'm not going to walk up to someone and say, okay, look, I'm going to be a hundred percent. You're just bad. You (laughs) You know, and like this, this area sucks because you can't do this. And because you can't do that, it doesn't sound good. But since my, like, if I said that it would deflate someone, you go up to someone, you say they can't do something or that it's still true feedback, but it's not presented in a way that's like helpful for them. Thank you. And <laughs> I, I like that word presentation. Yeah. Right. How do we present this sandwich? Yeah. And and so we've heard the old adage, and I and I apologize. I kind of where did the baby go? We've heard the three positives, one negative. the The problem is you're almost better to do one positive, one negative, one positive, because you really should always leave on this note where somebody believes they can get better. Yeah. And a lot of times with feedback, especially when it's rushed or we're frustrated, it's like you suck, and that's kind of where it stops at this one thing, right? Or and and the person going, I know I hit the brakes hard. Yeah. I really enjoy watching Art coach you in soccer because when does he try and give his feedback? Does he give you feedback that's valuable, or does he give you feedback that's that? that wasn't helpful and and how did he approach that normally i would Kindly. watch yeah <laughs> i would watch him ask this question hey what happened to that what happened what happened on the field why do you think it went high why do you he asked you first what do you think yeah and then he would and and what was your answer sometimes you knew yeah 
and other times you probably didn't, right? So can you walk us through like when you overkick the goal, what how would he give you that feedback? So like if I shot it high? Yeah. Well, it kind of depends on the situation because if it was a practice or something like that, he'd normally, not necessarily for me specifically, but say something went wrong while we were practicing and playing as a team, he'd stop everybody and be like, okay, look around you, what's happened? And sometimes it's about spatial awareness, like how the players are spaced. Sometimes there's little clumps when we're supposed to be all spread out. And so he'd just like, stop, look what happened. So, so can, I, can I pause you right there? Because I want to keep going down the story. He brought your attention to it, right? And it wasn't accusatory. It wasn't like, who screwed up? He's like, just stop. Look what happened. Go ahead. Yeah. So if like if I had the ball and I was running down the field and looking for a pass, but there was nobody open, he'd be like, stop. Okay, everybody on Gideon's team, What? where are you right now? How can you open up for a pass? move around constantly don't just be standing still or something along those lines and so he would give feedback that could help in the moment and he's like nobody move and then he'd start to play again and everybody would you know move to where they need to be and the play could continue yeah and that that's fantastic form of feedback because the first thing is you're doing hey stop pay attention realize what's going on Right? He didn't call anybody dumb. He didn't have to call didn't belittle anybody. He didn't have to say, You're such an idiot. You know, that's it was like stop. What just happened? Why? That's that was the point I was trying to drive drive at. Art would often ask and I would hear him say, Why did that happen? Not why did you kick it you know, you kicked it off your front foot or you weren't over the ball enough. He would ask you first, why did that happen? And it was awesome to see some of the kids go, Yeah, I really don't know. Oh, cool. Do you want me to tell you? You know, because now, now you're interested. You want the feedback. You're like, oh, please tell me. And that's how, if we can think of this this sandwich of saying, first off, I'm going to start with something positive. You know, like, hey, good job at getting open. Okay. And then I pique your interest of why did that happen? Right. Now you want to pay attention. He gives you the little nugget. And then he's able to say, hey, I believe you can fix it. And that's what the rest of the drill was. I often think if we did that in our personal communications and in in environments where we know somebody can get better, would we be helping more people? I remember very clearly I just got back from my service mission from Taiwan and I really enjoy speaking. I'm not I've decided the older I get the worse I am at it, but I'd love to to talk and I love to share my thoughts and my ideas. At the end of a at the end of a talk in one of the wards guy came up unsolicited and handed me a piece of paper. He had written out, okay, I like this, I like this, I like this. You say a lot, you touch your face quite a bit. Like is one of your favorite words, you know, and and I thought, wow, this is really insightful. Thank you, right? Because I was, I wanted the feedback. I was excited for the feedback. But the part that he didn't help me grasp is how to improve, and if he would have told me at that point in time, he learned that method in Toastmasters and it's a speaking club and it could help you get better at speaking. I'll be honest. I would have joined. I would have said, Hey, I want to go learn how he did this because I love learning how to get better. You know, I'm on sales calls all day and I sit there and go, I like this to your point, Ashton. Some of it's just style. Now there's parts of it are very factual. You never asked for a follow-up appointment. That's pretty basic. That's one-on-one, you know, 
you didn't find out what their problems were. That's 101. But some of the stuff is just like sensitive to me. Hey, that was a cool way to do that. Maybe you don't have to say like or, or blame somebody else or whatever. Those are sometimes aren't, no. don't I, fit inside this puzzle, but you always need to leave it on that positive. Like we can get better and here's how. And that's what I think that top piece of bread is yeah. how. And then I'm willing to help you. And that, and I think that also helps determine when, like, it's another way to check yourself to see if the feedback you can give is valuable. Because <laughs> going back to the silly, you know, pushing in the brake as a clutch, it's like, um, sure, the feedback there is, okay, you did that, that was ridiculous. But at that point, what are you going to do in that moment to help me <laughs> not do that? Other than say, hey, you know, don't use your left foot on the brake (laughs) you know well what i did for the next three times is hey this isn't a clutch you're like shut up dad i know hey this isn't a clutch and so like think to yourself like sometimes you'll think to give feedback and you'll say okay look here's feedback and and then if someone says how do i fix it and you realize you don't have an answer it's probably just a pet peeve of yours and you probably should have just kept your mouth shut because i like that (laughs) if you don't have a way to help them then maybe it's just it's just you it's noise being you know exactly because if you can't help them then your feedback's really not feedback it's just a complaint oh i like that i'm gonna really open up to the listener here we're having a trying to decide how we're gonna do our schedules for this year with ashton being in his senior year I don't have the solution, so I don't know that that's feedback. That's just a conversation. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to realize we're not really giving feedback. We're saying, look, I don't, I, I don't like what this is doing, but I don't know how to fix it. I think that's okay. Yeah. So don't get that confused with your point on the feedback because that is very yeah. direct feedback. Yeah. And that's and that's okay not to always have the answers. And sometimes you can open up and say, hey, I don't have the answer for this. I just need to talk about it. Yeah. And if you're and if you're on the receiving end of some some feedback like that, you know, like we're talking about something like, hey, I don't agree with that, or like this is broken, I don't have a solution. Don't get frustrated with that. I think I think it's easier for everyone to learn if you're just like, hey, you know what, it's okay. You don't have the answer. Since I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, I don't have the answer either. I have one parting question, Gideon. Did you get mad at Art when he would give you feedback? Honestly, and Art Art probably won't listen. I'll tell him not to listen. I'll tell him to listen. It'll be funny. Yeah. No. I, I did not get mad at him. Why is that? Because it was my fault. <laughs> and it was a nice way of going about things. Yeah, he's coming from a place that he wants you to get better. Yeah. Have you ever had a coach, and, and don't please don't name a name, <laughs> because they might listen, that you felt like was not giving you that feedback from a place of improving and just, just being... just. Yeah, I don't know the right word. Yes. Not not necessarily being mean, but kind of like I was in the clutch story, out of fresh their frustration. Of course, yeah. And how does that make you feel? Worthless. <laughs> that's. I think that's probably the biggest gauge of how did I leave the other person feeling when I gave them this feedback, and did it get to the result? Yeah. That I that we're striving for. Yeah. Well, I have I have a quick story about that. When I was in high school, I was in the front ensemble. And we had an instructor whose patience was very, very thin. And there was one time he was teaching the front ensemble. And all I remember is we had this challenging 16th note fast little run that we just could not for some reason figure out. And he just kept yelling at us. He was like, just do it. Just do it right. And I don't remember him ever giving us a like a what or a how or a why. And it came to the point that one time we were at a rehearsal 
All the parents, we were out in the parking lot. All the parents were watching us and everything. And homeboy literally threw like a temper tantrum, like got on the ground, started like yelling. He was like, hey, what are you doing? I remember watching this as one of the parents. <sighs> and and he was, believe it or not, fired shortly after. But like, it's, to me, that's a very clear moment. Because as a student, you're like, like, I guess I just suck. Because you don't know any better. If he had come up and said, hey, look, you know, this and this and this about your technique is making it more challenging. But you can also tell in that moment, when someone starts throwing a temper tantrum because you're not getting something, they're finding their personal value in your success and or failure. And they're not doing it from a place of wanting wow. you to get better. And that's where the feeling of, oh, I suck comes from. Because you're not fulfilling someone else's insecurities, I guess. I don't know. Or incompetencies, right? He might not have known how to fix it. Right. In all fairness, because he's just watching it over and over and saying, stop doing that. And I've, and I've <laughs> like, caught myself. How? <laughs> I've caught myself as teaching you guys skiing saying, don't be in the wedge. And you're like, okay, all I hear dad is saying wedge. Yeah. Don't be in the wedge. Wedge. Okay, this is not working. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. Hey, connect your skis at the end of your turn. Let's practice some bigger turns. <laughs> now smaller turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... So I appreciate that, Ashton and Gideon. The, the the final thought is the place that it comes from. And there's times, I think that's how we started the episode, is it matters where you start and what your intent is. And then when you're ready to leave, let them know that they can do it and that you're there to help them, or you'll help them find the resources to improve. And that's how we adult. Mic drop. Boom! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on the topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now a special song from Gene and Gideon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on the topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at Adulting Decrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, 
send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting dash decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon.